Netflix book club. Netflix book club. Yeah, I'm not doing this. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Netflix book club. My name is Dennis Rooney. I'm Stephen McDonald. How are you doing today, Stephen? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm tired. I'm really tired. Why are we so tired? Is it because we watched a three and a half hour long That's movie? That's why I'm so goddamn tired. Pesci. I finished this movie and I wanted a nap so bad and then you were going to be here in like 20 minutes. Pacino. <sighs> De Niro. <laughs> Maniscalco. Maniscalco. Yeah, that's right. Romano. Romano. (laughs) Everybody, we watched The Irishman, Netflix, The Irishman, Martin Scorsese, coming out of the gate with a three and a half hour opus. A little late, a little late to the to the game, guys, but uh, that's what it's, happens. Uh, you know, it's been a couple weeks, but you know, to we we needed those couple weeks to get through the three and a half hours. Yeah. So I had to digest this movie. Yeah. Um, you watched it like a week and a half ago, something like that. I watched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I I watched it. Uh, I watched it like an hour. I finished it like an hour before we started recording. I took a half hour today to jump around some scenes. I feel like it would take you an hour to jump around some scenes in this movie. Honestly, I can't believe I spent that half hour jumping around, and at a certain point I stopped to see, like, oh, this feels like towards the end of the movie. And it was like an hour no, in. It's like, like an, an hour, hour in. in. Yeah. A um, couple quick plugs. Dennis Rooney 7 on Instagram. Follow our Instagram page for the podcast, Netflix Book Club Podcast. Like the Facebook page. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcast. We're on Spotify now. We are on Spotify. We are also on YouTube. That's so right, please go by. We, we are slowly releasing our entire backlog of uh, of. 90 some episodes on uh, on YouTube so go check it out and subscribe and you can listen to some of our older stuff as we climb out of the hole of older things and into the new one <laughs> out with the old and in with the older cuz it's the Irishman you know what I'm saying Irishman, this movie's yeah. fucking old people shit look Dennis I just want to ask you the question of this podcast what's the worst way to describe this movie what's the worst way to describe this movie oh yeah all right, I got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's kind of a, I don't know if we need a separate segment, but it's almost like I'm starting to come up with more like alternative movie titles for them. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the first one I came up with was uh, Grumpiest Old Men. Okay, that's good. Grumpy Old Men. Grumpier gotcha. Old Men. Grumpiest. Grumpiest Old, old men. men. The grumpiest of the grumpy. And uh, the other one would be Wild Hogs Gabagool Edition. <laughs> Yeah, this movie is a... They weren't ever on a motorcycle. What the hell are you talking about? It was a road trip movie. This is a, fucking, yeah. this is a road trip movie that is interspersed with his entire life story. Yeah. And uh, this guy really doesn't know how to unload trucks. This is not how you do it at all. You can't just go around killing everybody. Yeah. Or painting houses. He's doing it all wrong. <laughs> if you go to Home Depot and you're like, I need to paint hey, my house. Hey, maybe we're doing it all wrong. Maybe we are doing it all wrong. Uh, how about you? How my worst way to describe this movie uh, is, you know the you know the toy, the trolls, yes, troll dolls with the sure. hair and everything like that. Uh, this movie is a documentary of how they grow the troll dolls <laughs> over time. What the fuck are you talking about? Is this supposed to be a dig on De Niro? No, this is a dig on Pesci. They just <laughs> you spend this whole movie just watching Joe Pesci go from like, oh, that's what Joe Pesci looks like, into. 
a troll who lives under a bridge yeah. and you're just like slowly watching like his nose transform into a troll nose and his cheeks and jowls turn into a troll. It's very weird. The de-evolution of Joe Pesci. It really is. Like uh, To think that he looked bad in Home Alone, Yeah, you gotta see this movie. <laughs> you gotta see this movie. Um, yeah, alright, so let's give it the review before we really dive into it. Um, I'm gonna kick it to you first. I don't want to be put on the spot. Not to say that I haven't made up my mind, but I'm curious. I feel like you might give a dismissal to Martin Scorsese, one of the all-time greatest directors ever. Steven, stream it or don't stream it? Uh, I'm definitely... I'm going to say stream it. Yep. Uh, it's a really brilliant movie. Though at the same time mm-hmm. that I'm going to say stream it, I am going to say that it's actually a really brilliant television show. Ooh, Scorsese would hate that. Uh, I'll get into that right after the break. But um, you, Dennis, stream it or don't stream it? I'm going to say stream it. You have to watch this movie. It's one of the directors where you kind of can't afford to miss one of his films. But this movie makes you resentful towards Netflix, towards all these Eros and Enos. Eshi. Eros and Enos? De Niro, Pacino, <laughs> Pesci, Scorsese. Um, yeah, it's you have to watch it. And it's not a bad movie by any means, but I have gripes with this film. And I have gripes with myself for having gripes with this film. More after the yeah, break. More after the break. Be right back. It's over. They're all gone. Frank, it's time. It's time you say what happened. <laughs> and we're back. Who are we to say, Stephen? Who, Who are we to question I mean, Martin Scorsese? No, no, no. This is the thing. I, I question nothing about this movie uh. other than the fact that it was actually a television show. So I read somewhere that s- someone proposed to Scorsese. Was that he was like, did you ever consider, instead of doing a three-and-a-half-hour movie, doing a limited series? And he was not having it at all. He was like, this is not a story for that. This is not blah, blah, blah. Well, this is my thing. He this said, is this thing. is a movie I, of details. I understand. I understand his take on it, and he's an absolutely brilliant filmmaker. And the movie is incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. like front to back, every scene in my opinion, is great. It's acted amazing. It's shot amazing. It's very creative in the way that it does things. It jumps all over the place wonderfully. At the same time, I easily, in my not that much knowledge, could have figured out uh, like at different 45-minute chunks that I could have just put a five-second that the episode ended and then the next episode started Netflix bumper on. Right. And Kind of like how they divvied up the Hateful Eight. I didn't know they did that. I haven't yeah, watched that. Yeah, so that Hateful Eight got an extended version brought yeah. only to Netflix, but it's broken down into chapter one and chapter two, or like section one and section two. That's This is the thing is, is that like they, and people have talked about the fact that apparently the director's cut of this movie is six hours long. <laughs> like when he first made a director's cut that he was like, this is what I'm happy with. It was six hours <laughs> long. I'm happy with. And the thing is, is that I watched this movie and about an hour and a half in, I thought to myself, you know, I'd happily watch six hours of this. Like these people, this story, mm-hmm. there is enough here that I would happily watch six hours of this as a TV show broken into hour-long chunks. Yeah. And I would, don't get me wrong, binge it over multiple days. Like it wouldn't take me very long to, to just power through the whole thing. And I would love every minute of it. 
and I would I would think it was wonderful. But the thing is, is that this movie is broken down like a TV show. Yes, it bounces around in time and everything like that, but the reality is, is that this isn't the kind of TV show where it would be, like, this would be a one-story linear TV show. But at the same time, it bounces around in time in a way where literally it's like, okay, well, this is him when he first meets Joe Pesci and he's younger, and then that's the end of that episode, and then this is where he meets Jimmy Hoffa, and then that's the end of that episode, and then this is where they got older and, and Jimmy also, Hoffa yeah, had problems. And also, he could be a little older and then, every episode. And he could be a little older every episode. Instead of every scene is like, oh my God, he's younger. Oh, he's older now. Oh, he's older. Oh, oh he's younger. Oh, he's older. And it's not just like, the thing is, is that the subtle older, younger thing they're doing every once in a while is not like him dying at the end of the movie old versus really really young sometimes the jump is from like somebody who's 40 to somebody who's like 47 yeah and you're like wait what you're like he um, looks significantly any older but at the same time older. not that much older and you're like is that yeah is that makeups is that whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think they could have done a series, but Scorsese he likes he likes to make no. Films, he likes you know? a movie. He likes to make a a single arc going um, forward. I get it. I I don't get me wrong. I loved it. I think it's great. I just also think that for like like I would love it, and I th- I think they might do it just because they're Netflix. Uh-huh. Is that in a while? Chop it up. They'll well no. They'll release the six hour version. Oh yeah, I bet they will because they can. Because HBO did that with um, The Godfather, didn't they? I have no idea. I think HBO On Demand has like a nine hour long version of The Godfather where it's just the first two movies mashed up with the, the director cut. I think they leave out the uh-huh. third, but I haven't watched it because Italian cinema, not always my thing, Stephen. So I was drawn um, into this film because this is- it's called The Irishman <laughs> and there is nothing Irish going on in this whole fucking movie. There's, no soda bread. There's, com- there's, no- there's some Catholicism in there. <laughs> there's a little Catholicism, but Italian, that's the one thing. Well, not the one thing. That's one of the many things that Italian Americans and Irish Americans share is very, very Catholic. But I don't know. I could have used something about also, the old country. Hey, hey also, in. Irish people and Italian people at one point or another were disliked by all other Americans. Absolutely. You need to remember that. Absolutely. We're both trash. I, I need understand. You, I need you to remember that, Dennis. <laughs> Some of us clean up better than others, but I understand that we are both trash. You are not one of the ones that cleans <laughs> up well, Dennis. I just... I don't know. I could three and a half hours. I can't get a scene with his dad speaking in an Irish accent about like remember these traditions or something. This is like I don't know. It's no. Don't get I don't me really wrong. give he, a fuck. But at the same time, there was very little Irish going his, on in this movie. His Irishness reminded me of my family's Polishness, mm-hmm. which was the kind of uh, the kind of Polish where somebody showed up to this country and they went, I'm "Forget about the yeah. old country. I'm right. American now." Yeah. And, uh, like, people have asked me, like, do you have any Polish traditions? And I'm like, nah. Nah. Like, they got rid of all those. What generation are you? Uh, I think I'm fourth or fifth. Okay, so you're pretty deep in it. I'm, yeah, like, I'm one and a half generation, I guess. My you're f- dad's... You're first generation American. First generation, yeah. Um, I guess, well, your mom was here, wasn't she? My mom was born here. My dad was not. Yeah. I, but my mom, I would both say- my mom's parents from the same country as my father. Ireland. I don't know if you got that yet. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. It's why not call the movie "I Hear You Paint Houses"? Um, why the Irishman? It doesn't. It didn't seem that. No, I mean, I it think, mattered a little in the film. I think the reason why. I think the reason why they called it the Irishman was because he was an outsider. So that right. usually in in most mob stories, the everybody's Italian. Yeah. And every once in a while, there's like you know, there's some Jewish people tossed in here or there, or there's some. You know, it's the question as to whether it's like Sicilian versus Italian yeah, kind of yeah, fight right. that happens constantly. 
the um, boot. But yeah. And then, but like usually in all these movies and, and these kind of real life stories and stuff like that, you don't get somebody who's Irish getting pulled into like that closely into stuff. Yeah. Um, but it could have just been the fact that, I mean, he was already an outsider because he was just, he was just a truck driver. He was like the lowest of the low on this totem pole and kind of yeah. like worked his way up by killing people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it did. Know. It did remind me. It's not a real gripe, but I'm still like, don't yeah. call it the Irishman. And I don't, you know, fucking. It did remind me that uh, that I was thinking about. Mar- I love Martin Scorsese. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. Um, ever since I saw Casino one night when I was way too young, oh. and uh, and I loved Casino, and then I saw Goodfellas, and I was like, this is even better, and. I was remembering something when I watched this was that they started at the beginning of his like when he meets Joe Pesci and they're pretty young and then it just keeps going and gone and gone and gone and gone and gone and gone for three and a half hours. Yeah. And I had this moment in my head where I was like about an hour in where I was like, oh, right. I always forget that Goodfellas starts when Ray Liotta's character is like eight. Right. And goes until he dies. I always wanted to be And a so gangster. like, yeah. And so... Uh, oh yeah, right. Martin Scorsese and like he, but he doesn't die at the end of Goodfellas. In, Ray in, Liotta. I thought he did. I, can't, no, I haven't no, no. seen that movie. It in ends years with now. I, I. My my big problem with Goodfellas, but I guess it's because it's sticking true to the story, is that it just it just ends. It, he gets yeah. relocated, witness, and he's like, I live in the suburbs. I eat pasta with ketchup, which to an Italian American, I guess, is like yeah, yeah. worse than hell. That he's got to eat Midwestern Italian food <laughs> for yeah. the rest of his life. I lived in the Midwest. We have perfectly <laughs> by Prego. It's fine. Ooh, I don't know about that. You got to make your fine. own sauce. Gotta no, you make don't. Your own sauce. Here's some. Uh, you got to add extra stuff to Prego. Maybe that's fair. Okay. Add some more spices. Here's my nefarious opinion, and it's concreted after this movie. And I've received shit from this before for people. But here's okay. my here's my three for for Scorsese in terms of just ranking these films. I haven't seen all his movies. I haven't seen Raging Bull. There's some others I haven't seen. Yeah, but yeah. number three. Goodfellas. Okay. Number two, Casino. Okay. Number one, The Departed. The Departed. Okay. The Departed, in my opinion, is a almost a better. I don't know if I want to say better film, but a more watchable and pleasing film, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Where like if Goodfellas is on, it's like ugh, this kind of. I don't know. It's become sticky almost to me. Whereas The Departed, I don't know. It just feels so much realer. And Jack Nicholson is the fucking man in here's, it. Here's here's what I will say. And it's here's not just because it's Irish crime. <laughs> here's my here's my hot take. It's not like a top three thing or anything mm-hmm. like that. But here's my hot take. I love, I love Mean Streets. Okay, Martin Scorsese yep. mob movie. I haven't seen it. I love Goodfellas. I love Casino. I love The Departed. I love The Irishman. I hate The Godfather. Ooh. I hate the Godfather. Well, Scorsese had nothing to do with it, right? Just I mean, he was friends with Coppola, but right. like I just don't want people thinking that you don't know because no, no. we were just a bunch yeah, of Scorsese films I, followed by. I'm very aware, <laughs> but they are gangster movies. But they are like gangster mob, Italian mob yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. I hate the Godfather movies. I don't like them. It's interesting. They're very boring to me. I I they make me want to take a nap. Irishman and want to take a nap. The Irishman made me want to take a nap at about hour two. Here was my experience um, watching the when Irishman. I, when I paused it at hour two and realized I had an hour and yep. a half left, I was like, I want to take a nap. You could put on half-baked two hours into this movie, and they would finish at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> 
because that's a very good that's a very good point brevity is the what is it brevity is the something of wit soul soul of wit probably that's it yeah. um here was my experience watching The Irishman, and I've heard a lot of other people having this experience. Because if you watch a 90-minute movie or a two-hour movie, or even a two-and-a-half-hour movie, yeah, it's going to take you maybe 15 minutes more to finish that film if you're doing it in the comfort of your own home, a la yeah. Netflix. A three-and-a-half-hour movie? Yeah. Depending on what you are doing and yeah. who you are with. I watched it with my older and younger brother, who have to smoke a cigarette about every 40 minutes. The movie took like four and a half, five hours to watch. I was, let me put it this way. I was by myself with my dog. It took, I started the Two movie. Two walks. <laughs> it, I started the movie at noon. I finished it at 5 p.m. That's fucking hilarious. Okay? Now, I had to take a call for work that took mm. like half an hour, 20 minutes, half an hour. And I had to walk the dog twice. And I had to go to the bathroom a couple times. Dog had to walk you? A dog had to walk me. It's a strange relationship we have, but still, I love her. Because she'll do that for you. Well, yeah. She's a good dog. She's a good dog. And I just had, it, like, I realized it when I had half an hour left was that I looked at the clock and I looked at how much was left and I went, oh my God, this took me five hours to watch. Yeah. And, and I had the same, the reason that I said, that I really said, like, I feel like I just finished a television show is with the length. And the amount of stuff that happened in it, just the amount of storytelling that happened in it. You know when you finish binging a series and you just get that pure depression in you? Yes. Of just like the soulless, like, oh God, what did I, what have I done? You can only experience something for the first time once. Well. And binging a series is that. It's also the same, it's the same thing that I get whenever I finish a video game. Mm. Like a big video game. Like if I finish like a Fallout or a Red Dead Redemption type Tetris, of game. Tetris, yeah. Yeah, I got you. And you get that moment at the end of it where it's like you've completed the game and then this like deep emptiness opens up within you where you're like, what have I done? I just wasted 50 hours of my life on this video game. Yep. Same thing happened to me. Because the end is just never good enough right. to pay off the amount of time that you spent on it and TV I feel like it can pay off you can get this great thing but when you subject yourself to like you know I've sat and watched different TV shows that are 45 minute episode shows or hour long episode shows and I've watched you know an 8 episode limited run of a season in a day right and when you do that to yourself you feel empty inside at the end of it. I wonder what the chemical makeup of your brain would... Like, I'm sure there's some effect after finishing eight yeah. episodes in a day where you haven't left your house and you ordered Seamless and, like... Well, there was definitely a moment. And, like, had I... I wouldn't have finished this movie today had we not been doing the podcast today. Absolutely. And the biggest I was not why, surprised at all. I texted you to see if I could show up uh, a half hour early. Was it only yeah. a half hour? It was only a half hour. Only a half hour early. And you were like, you can come and hang out, but I will still have some of the movie left. And then I was like, I'll come a little late even then because yeah. it's gonna, cause I'm like, add 15, 20 minutes to whatever you <laughs> <Yeah>. got left. <laughs> well, no. And like, had I would have I stopped the movie, not because it's bad, not because even that it's long, but just because it's a Sunday. And in all reality, like I left the house once today and it was other than to walk the dog. I left the house once today and interacted with humans to buy a cup of coffee this morning. And that was it. And there was a moment. 
at about four o'clock when I had an hour of the movie left to watch where I went, I kind of just want to see people <laughs> like and it's and it's winter right now. So like it was starting to get dark out and I was just having that depressing feeling where you like haven't left your apartment. Yep, No sunlight. And, and I'm day. like, no, but you know I had hilarious? to finish the movie for the podcast. You could have walked out of your apartment, walked only a couple blocks and been where they were shot some of these scenes. Too. I know, right? They're fucking the church. We can see the church from here in that one scene. Which one? Oh, there's a scene. Um, it's a scene where he's getting the fucking car, getting the fucking car. He's got the gun in yeah, the yeah, paper yeah, bag. Yeah. Um, there's the shot of the church right around here, right around your neighborhood. And then when they drive away with him in the car, they drive past these uh, yellow bricks with wooden uh, garage doors that I also recognized from around here. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They shot. They shot. Uh, I didn't all notice. Over the place. I I noticed the Cadillac uh, linens thing. Uh, it was, it's real early in the movie. It's uh-huh. when he, he blows up a linens factory for somebody yeah, right. for whispers when he wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked past that yesterday. It's in Red Hook. Oh. And I like noted it, not because of the movie. I hadn't watched the movie yet. But I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's like an old style thing. This is Cadillac you linens. something old there. And then I walked past it and I got into my car. And then I, I you were gonna say, saw the movie. I, I turned the engine in. The, the, car, and blew the car blew up. <laughs> I'm dead now. I'm a ghost. Speaking from beyond the grave. Getting great but, reception. Uh, yeah, it's crackly every once in a while. That was also but, one of my... Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> no, but I, I saw that in the movie and I was like, oh, shit, I was there yesterday. Yeah. That was one of my... What, do, did we, do we need this movie, though? You know what I mean? How many gangster movies do you no, need? No, no, There's no. a lot of this repetitive is, this is the thing. themes. This is the thing. A bunch of this movie was... I'm not going to say it was unneeded. It was needed for the story. Was it needed for... Uh, like societal filmmaking, nah. Yeah. In the sense that it is like, if you look at even the pantheon of, uh, of Martin Scorsese movies, is that it's like you get the birth of a gangster kind of thing with, uh, with Goodfellas. Yeah. And you get the kind of like getting old in the gangster world with. Uh, casino. With casino, and you get the different things of like the rat and who's the like rat. a rat but not and really the, a yeah, rat. And but playing and the like system. you get all those things, whether it's The Departed or Casino or Mean Street. Like what's this one? He's got? done all those things in this. Um, political, political. That's yeah. the thing. The thing that they did different in this. Once Pacino shows up and they start the entire Jimmy Hoffa thing, yeah. I was like, I'm in. There's kind of a movie before that in a way. There's a whole movie before that. Yeah. Don't, there's an hour and a half or whatever before that happens, <laughs> setting up the character. But you could have done just the Jimmy Hoffa bit. And had a great movie. And had a great fucking movie. Yeah. And even, I think, and again, it goes back to who am I to tell Martin Scorsese, but like, that's what happens when you create art. You put it out into the public. And I'm allowed to have an opinion, God damn it. And my opinion is, I think you could have shaved a half hour off this movie. Everybody's saying that. You I, could have shaved an hour and had a real tight film, but then it starts to go into the thing where he, he said in an interview, he's like, this is a movie about details. I wanted all the details in the film. <coughs> and I get, like, if that's what you want, and I'm sure it does have an effect on the overall thing. Uh-huh. But a lot of people who watch this movie, not as smart as you and me, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a lot of dum-dums not really uh, appreciating these details. Uh, Sebastian, welcome uh, to the show. <laughs> 
Colin Quinn said about Sebastian it. Colin Sebastian Maloscoco. <laughs> I love Sebastian just being him. This has got to be the easiest role, role of a lifetime. He I'm was gonna great. I'm going to get some pasta. <laughs> More wine. Um, I think these carpets would do nicely for crabs. <laughs> yeah, no. This is the thing. Everybody was great in this movie. There wasn't Everybody one person. Was. The only person who I didn't think was great in the movie, and it was not her fault. The daughter, right? It the was, daughter all grown up. It was Anna Paquin. Is that who, her? That's who it is. You really? Th- she had, didn't she have no lines? Was she had like five thing? lines in the whole movie. I thought she... I, but it was As Anna an adult Paquin. or as a child? As, a, as an adult... I thought it, I read somewhere it, as that child, as an adult she had no lines. Am I wrong I about that? I think she had... No, no. She's got a line where she, she says, why didn't you call... Joe. Oh yeah. When it's Jimmy Hoffa, right. when Jimmy Hoffa disappears, which might have been her only line in the entire movie, uh, but I definitely had a moment where I was like, "Why? Why'd you hire a great at like an actress? actress that we all know to deliver a line." I don't know. It was weird. I agree um, with you. I agree with you. You could have had a. Uh, I don't know. You could have had fucking anybody. I mean, don't get me wrong, Anna Paquin's great, but at the same time, like, oh sure, she's great. You know, you could have you could have put a mannequin in that role, Probably. and it would have been fine. Me in a wig would have been great. I'd have sold it. Um, Dad, <laughs> how come you didn't call Joe? How I mean, that? I don't know. I guess you could have <laughs> made that work. I guess it would have made sense. Do Rosie O'Donnell is from is Irish from Long Island, I guess so, so like. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell could have been that guy's daughter, and you look a lot like Rosie O'Donnell if you put a wig on. Oh, that's why you, I was wondering <laughs> where the fuck you were going with this. I was like, Rosie is way too old to be her. Oh, I look like Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, okay, all right, you got me. I could see I'll you playing you a daughter. Mark one for Steven, everybody. Uh, do you think there's any validity to the uh, criticisms that like there's not enough female representation in this film, or does it just because re- my opinion is just like the dude's making a fucking movie, he's gonna make it about whatever he wants to make. He doesn't have to be inclusive, especially when it's a period piece and it's focused on what it's focused on. This is my thing: is uh, if I don't see this is the thing I don't know, and I was thinking about it throughout the movie was I wonder how accurate this is. Yeah, and. What it seemed like was, and uh, once again, I don't know the actual real history of any of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sorry for ruining it for you. I thought you knew the history. <laughs> no. But Which, I, I saw it coming. Yeah. I mean, you He kinda, texted you me kinda, when I had an hour left. Where else could the movie go? He, he kills Jimmy Hoffa. And I was like, you fuck. But, um, um, but, let, but I want to touch back on that when you're done. Go ahead. But the thing is, is that I don't know how involved any of those women were in any of that shit. Yeah, probably like not in, very. <laughs> like, if you watch other movies of his, it's like Goodfellas, the the guy's wife was, like, Ray Liotta's wife in that movie, was wrapped up in a bunch of shit and was a major character in it and had a ton of lines and a lot to do. And in Casino, Sharon Stone, playing Robert De Niro's wife, had a lot to do yeah. and had a big role in the movie. What I don't know about this story is were the wives just not involved because they don't have much to say about anything but maybe they just didn't have much to say about anything maybe like the wives are the only reason it's three and a half hours long because they got to keep stopping to smoke they can't, yeah, they <laughs> gotta keep stopping to smoke and that's why it's so long but there because there was a this movie needed less females in it if anything to shorten it up right, yeah. sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> i'm kidding but there there were that like there was a time period where it really was just like the men go make the money. Yeah. And this and the is women the earliest have, and the women have no clue. Yeah. 
sometimes where the money's coming from. One scene I liked, Pesci comes home covered in blood. He doesn't say yeah. a word, and she's like, "Go, go, I'll take care." You know yeah. what I mean? So that's, I mean, well, no, and that's they're that's aware definitely that's, something they're aware of what's going on. Shit. But like, I don't know how much. I don't know in the real world of things. It's not like like the movie portrays a world where it's like Robert De Niro's wife was not particularly like. It's not like she was also really involved in like Jimmy Hoffa's life. Yeah. And like the things that he was doing with the mob and the things that he was doing as a just a family friend. It's kind of it felt like one of those things. It's like, yeah, he's just a family friend. We hang out with him sometimes. And she's in all those scenes and talks in those scenes. But like maybe she just had absolutely nothing to do with the hitman crazy ass life he had. He just came home at night and that's it. It makes sense chronologically, too, because compared to like uh, Casino and Goodfellas, this is happening earlier. Or at least this guy is of an earlier mindset. He fought in World War Two. These are like gentlemen gangsters. You know what didn't happen as much in this movie that you're waiting for it the whole time? The right, the uh, the Italian American snap, I call it, where someone does something like spills a drink and they like fucking shoot him in the head or something. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Like you think he's going to snap well, no, on the, the wives only... a bunch of times and he's just like pull the car over. Like they're yeah. just kind of cool. They're like gentlemen about it. They're... Whereas later on for like Goodfellas and especially Casino, we're talking the 70s now, these guys are like wild, Crazy. you know what I mean? Yeah, they're much crazier. A lot more cocaine. That's but, a, uh, yeah, good point. Well, no, and in the um I mean, the couple times that there are those, like, italian snap kind of moments that happen in these movies. Can we make that a thing? Hashtag Italian snap. <laughs> I was at Walmart today. I had an Italian snap. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> own. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I threw up an egg at the register, boy. Dennis, Dennis, I know we're on a podcast, but you're putting on pasta face right now. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, but I, like... The, the couple times where that type of thing happens in the movie is, like, when Hoffa goes after uh, Little yeah, Man. Yeah, Little Man, whatever his name and, is. Great uh, actor. Great great job. Yeah. I was like, is that the guy from Snatch? But, like, yeah, that's the dude from Snatch. But, like, the couple times that they say, like, those things and do those things, like, stuff happens there, people go crazy. But, um, I it, it which brings me to a thought that I had during the movie was, this is the most toned-down Joe Pesci performance I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I've never seen Joe Pesci be quiet. Joe Pesci is the calmest version of himself. He's the calmest version of himself. I've ever, he's like a Zen Buddhist monk throughout this entire movie. I think you and your cocaine point is actually a great point. Because like those higher up guys, they're always calm, cool, in control. And they don't snap. Or at least they, that generation of mobsters anyway. Or it was a lot harder. You know, like the violent shit got kept much under wraps, I feel like, than anything else like well, even no, Pesci mean, talking to Nero he never says it they never say well, it. it's yeah. just like we made a decision you know it couldn't be helped no and I mean like that I feel like is a very like just mobster thing yeah. that that has always been the case but I feel like I don't know it was I, I found it so f- not funny but just like like it was humorous to me whenever they would be like this guy was found shot eight times in the head and I had moments in my head where I was like Eight, eight times, eight times. Yeah, that sends head. a message. Not uh, like I, like I understand you must be sending a message with that one because I think once in the head is enough. Pretty good message like, right there. Pretty good yeah, message pretty right there. Message. And so, well, when you kill somebody too, you really better make sure they're dead. That's, yeah, you don't yeah, put is, you don't fifty cent somebody, yeah. you know, riddle them with bullets and they just come back to you. Look, fifty cent got mostly shot in the body. I know, and you, know, you can live through a lot of that, you know, flesh wounds, uh, you know. 
Um, shit, what was I going to say? Let me just get this out before I forget, though. Is, uh, Colin Quinn had such a great tweet about this movie where he said, uh, the Irishman is superior to Goodfellas in that Goodfellas left out all the checking into hotels <laughs> and uh, smoking cigarettes on the side of the highway, whereas... <laughs> Whereas Goodfellas just kept in all the exciting parts, <laughs> and I just thought that was great. But but you can't deny, yeah, like you said, every shot looks good. All the acting is fantastic. If anything, and I'm sad to say, this, I think if anyone's the weakest in this movie, it's probably De Niro. No, I haven't enjoyed a lot of De Niro's recent performances. This is the thing. I really like. I thought that De Niro was doing an amazing job of holding this whole movie on his back. I think that's the thing. He had a lot, that's true. He he was holding this whole movie up in the sense that was the whole story is about his character. He's in almost every single scene. And so the concept that he was going to have like these amazing, beautiful moments throughout a three and a half hour movie, like every scene he's just gonna crush right. something in it. I feel like it's like Pesci had moments that he was able to crush. And Pacino had moments in it where he was able to just chew the scenery as Jimmy Hoffa. And even like Sebastian Maniscalco and Ray Romano and like all these other people, they're, they're coming into De Niro's world. And so they get to kind of like color that world. But he has to be this pillar from... From like what nineteen from yeah. like nineteen forty seven or whatever it was until nineteen ninety like That's whatever true. And his amount of time might not have that much to play with anyway. Whereas Hoff is a colorful character, Pesci's yeah. very thoughtful. De Niro, and I think to a point of the film, whether we acknowledge it or not, obviously has a bit of like sociopath in him that he could just do all this and not really, you know, it doesn't seem yeah. to weigh him down. He's just kind of that stoic, stiff working guy from back in the day. Um, well, and I think maybe I'm being maybe I'm being too hard on De Niro. Something but, but that it, something that I found interesting in the movie that I had never really thought about with a lot of the mobster types, because most of the movies that are that are told, I feel like the mobsters are coming from it's it's the Goodfellas of this world, where it's like it kind of seems like it starts in the fifties. Yeah. And then they're in their, like, maybe they're in their 20s and the 60s, and then it takes most place in the 70s or 80s, is that uh, this movie, he's in his late 30s, early 40s. Which he never looks like he's in his late 30s. That's kind of my beef with it. Is well, De, Niro, is, De Niro shouldn't be asked to portray a younger man because he's fucking 80 years this old or whatever he is. This is the thing. Is when they have that scene, the grocer the, scene. Right? No, not just the grocer okay. scene. It's I the it's the that. scene when his car broke down, and he he yeah. first meets Pesci, and they both look as young as physically possible. <laughs> is that I did have a moment where I was like, I did have a moment where I was like, okay, these guys still look old, but at the same time, when I see pictures of people who were like nineteen in the forties or the fifties, they, they look all look too. like they're like thirty five. They were men. Yeah, that's um, true. And and when I was nineteen, I looked like I was twelve. I so still look like, like I'm fifteen. You do, but <laughs> <laughs> I just went wide eyed. <laughs> made a face. But at the same time, I think that they like the idea that had never crossed my mind in any of these mob type movies is is De Niro's character was a veteran of World War Two. Yeah, and so the idea of 
following the rules and killing people. Like, being a guy who, like, in his first talk that he's got where he's speaking Italian or whatever, he spent, like, 441 days or something like that of four years in combat. Yeah. Killing people. Having people dig graves for themselves and then shooting them in the head or the chest or whatever, having them fall back into the grave. Is that it's like, which I then had a moment in my head where I was like, now you got to shovel all that dirt back on them? This is bullshit. But... Nonetheless, do you have they, to? Do you have to? That yeah. was my next thought. Was do you have to do that, do or you do you just <laughs> leave them in a? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I remember that scene. He talks about that. He's reiterating the story kind of to someone where he's like, you know, they wouldn't tell us explicitly. Even like in the army, like the mob, he's like, he wouldn't say explicitly, but he'd be like, take these two out there and be quick. And I'm just sitting there like, what if he means like go release the prisoners? <laughs> be quick about it. All right, we got moves to make. Well, no, but I thought. I had the moment in it where I was like, oh, right. If you're somebody who, like, possibly, like, you were in World War II and killed a hundred people over the course of four years, coming home and being like, I'm feeding my family, I'm doing these things, this guy's a bad guy, that guy's a bad guy, this guy's in our way, whatever... You might just, it might, it's not even sociopathic. It's just like, well, I've already murdered a hundred people. Here I go war. killing again. Here I go killing again. Yeah. Is that it's like, it's really not a big deal. It's just, I forget it's where just I, what you do. I forget where I read this recently. So I, pro- I, I apologize. I have nothing to attribute it to, but um, it was, the quote was, uh, unfortunately, killing is something that gets easier the more you do it. Yeah. So yeah, you come back from war realizing, you know, that you have a family to provide for and you can make a lot of money and have a really good life by being a hitman for the mob. It's like, all right, why not? Can yeah. we call it something cool? How about painting houses? Perfect. Great. <laughs> Great. Sounds good. I don't want to have to tell my kids I shoot people in the yeah, head. Paint houses. <laughs> painting houses. With people. But uh, I I definitely did have a moment in it where I was like, would you ever, would you ever work for the mob and... Um, I don't think I could because I'd say something wrong. I'd get Italian snapped on the day one. <laughs> My fucking mouth, I would get, I would, uh, I don't know. Would I, all right, well, let's hold on. Would I work for any mob? Uh, probably not. I don't know. You know what? I do private events. If you want hired entertainment, I am open to working Dude, for the no. mob. Because I've probably done no. it before without realizing it. I've probably performed to crime families <laughs> and gotten paid dog shit. <laughs> Uh, what about you? Would you? Uh, I wouldn't be good at it. But would you do it? I wouldn't be good at it. I well, hold on. What's the job too? It. Would I deliver packages? I guess maybe. I don't know. This is the thing. I'm not somebody who can like. I'm not good at the read between the lines thing. I'm too yeah. anxious. Right. They'd be like, so did, did, and you'd be like, can you clarify? Yeah, and I'd, I'd be like, like can you clarify? Fucking yeah, like, ugh. you don't know what you're talking about, and I'm. I'd be. My brain would be like, I'm from Ohio. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I grew up in Ohio. What do you want from me? We're That'll in the Midwest. Everybody's nice to each other. And then they take them out back means take them to the backyard and give them lemonade. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck you're talking about. Who hired Ohio? Whose nephew is this? No, I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to live that kind of yeah. kind of life. Plus, I just like talking too much in general. True. I like, can't keep a secret for shit. I, I'm terrible at keeping a secret. I'm also terrible at like. I would never be able to do the thing where there, there is this thing that I feel like it happened in the 40s and the 50s way more where husbands and wives, where wives would be like, how was work? And the husband would be like, ah, and then say nothing. Yeah. 
and just and I guess that some of it was this like bottled up, repressed, no emotion, whatever bullshit. Yeah. But at the same time, like I can't stop myself from like if I came home and I had a bad day or somebody pissed me off. How was work? You and my wife down. was like, "How's work?" I'd be like, "Oh, don't even get me started." Yeah. And then I would just barrel into all these people I fucking hate because I, I get to twelve houses because I get to <laughs> I get to bitch to somebody about yeah. it. And there's always this moment that I have now with any of these with any of these mob movies. There's always this moment that I have where I'm like, "Do you not have anybody that you bitch about your day to day work with?" Because like, y'all seem like you're just like. Nope, I drive trucks. Yeah, nope, they, I drive trucks. How do nope, these guys I drive blow trucks. Off steam? Like, how do you blow off steam? And then it becomes that it's like, you're just, are all of you just, you know, they, they have it in a couple scenes, but it's like, are you just drunk all the time? Are you, there's also that of back yeah. in the day that it's just like, everybody was so liquored much more up. liquored up than I feel like they are now. Let me, let me ask you a question, and let's take it down a notch, because apparently we're too pussy to work for the mob. <laughs> uh, have you ever... And uh, this is probably probably going to have to go back a few occupations. <laughs> but have you ever okay. stolen from a job? I've stolen from jobs. Have I ever stolen from a job? Not really. Yeah. I have I have stolen in the way that there is like they have free shit and I have taken it. And you've taken more than you're supposed and to. I have taken when I worked at one place. <laughs> what what place? When I worked in one place, we got him. He's uh, about yeah, to. Yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm wearing a wire. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it on mic. No, when I worked at one place, they had uh, they had full size kind bars. Uh, like What's a kind bar again? It's oh, like yeah, a it's no. like a nut and this whatever. This is the most hipster bar. crime ever. I know. You stole kind bars? No, no, no. But this is what it was: <laughs> was that they they had them just like by the box, just just around. Yeah. And so I would just take like five or six of them at a time and just like shove them in my bag and bring them home. It wasn't until like a year in that I was out and I had grown a taste for kind bars, and then I bought a kind bar somewhere, and I was like four fifty. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> no, these are free. Four what 50? are you talking about? That people is are paying four fifty for these. You're like, well, I guess I'll take the box. They're like, no, 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 that's one of the bars, sir. Yeah, no, it's what? one of the bars. It's four fifty, and I was like, excuse me. Your head this explodes. This is highway robbery. These are free down at the end of the hallway. <laughs> This, this is, what, is bullshit. This is what drives people to go to work for the mob. Four fifty for a fucking kind bar. Well, there was also so much of me where I was like, oh, right. The world." When I watched this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, the world where everything just fell off the back of a truck. Yes. And, yeah. you know. I love that scene. It's early in the film. Romano's like, well, can they prove it? He's like, I don't think so. And he's like, well, then we got nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. I mean, hey, court of law. Um I'll fucking say it. I'll say exactly who I stole from because uh, I haven't. St- I wouldn't. I haven't stolen from a job in a long, long time. But when I worked in high school at a certain ice cream store that's relative to the Northeast, I'll give you a hint. They gotta make a little uh, aquatic mammal cake, <laughs> and they also have a very illicit. Might that cake be a uh, fudgy the whale? Can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, another tip, they also had a cake that was kind of, uh, kind of, uh, suggestive. Cook-a-puss. All right. <laughs> so I worked at this ice cream shop and we had a little tip jar. And, uh, from my first job, I found out, here's the thing you do with a tip jar. People think you try to keep the tip jar low. 
you don't want to put a lot of money in the tip jar. So people see it and they go, oh, let's give the guy something. Incorrect, Stephen. You keep the tip jar filled with ones, maybe a five or two in there. Even if you got to put them back in the register at the end of the night, that's what I would do. I would let the boss know at the beginning of the day, I'm like, I'm taking 20 singles out. I owe you 20 at the end of the night. And people see a full tip jar and they go, I don't want to be the cheap one. Yeah. Let's throw them a dollar. Yeah. So we went from making like no tips to like healthy tips when I started working there. Nice. And they got even healthier, Stephen, because I would count the tips at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. And when I would, sw- so I was kind of like, here's the thing. I was kind of like Robin Hood. You know what I mean? Because it's not like I was just like uh-huh. stealing from the register or stealing like product to then flip or something. No, yeah. I and whoever I was working with that night, I would put the money into the register and then take out the big, you know, if you yeah. had 30 bucks, you put in, take 22 tens, you get it. Yeah. Businesses always want, always want the singles anyway. So I do it with that and I'd overestimate, so to say. And then when the change went in, the quarters, that got overestimated too. So I would kind of like shell out extra money to me and the people I worked with in tips. Yeah. Stealing a little bit from my fucking minimum wage job in high school. <laughs> so that's about as far as... Uh, I never see. I never, and even now, I don't think I could do that now because it was a mom and pop shop, uh, and I don't yeah. think I thought about it that much as a kid. But like yeah. nowadays, if I worked at say Walmart, I'd be like, yeah. Even though you couldn't get away with it probably at Walmart, but yeah, yeah, I have no problem stealing from giant corporations like that. But mom and pop shops, maybe I should. I, I apologize. This <laughs> is the thing is, is that I don't like. I'm too guilty all the time. Yeah. To do shit like that. Yeah. Um, I don't. Stealing is not I'm a very, thing. I feel the shadiest, too, the shadiest thing. Okay, and this happened recently. Oh, okay. This is juicy. And I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I love a story that starts <laughs> before we say anything. I didn't I do anything wrong. Didn't do anything wrong. I think the listener is supposed to decide for themselves. Here's what happened. Mm. Okay, I was at the i i when I was not working as much. I was flipping stuff. Okay. You remember you came in here one time and there was, there was. We a are fucking, still surrounded by. We're still surrounded by a bunch multiple of shit, things that you need to but, flip. Uh, but there was once a uh, a big coffee machine and a coffee grinder. That's what. Yeah. Okay. It used to be here. I sold it. Thank God. I like how you said sold it. Sold it. Sold it. <laughs> Made good profit on those things. Good. But this is what happened was was that uh, when I was at that it, I got a, I got that stuff from a restaurant sale where uh, it was a restaurant auction. Go to this restaurant auction, and they were doing stuff upstairs, and then there was a basement that was a kitchen and stuff like that. And there was the the coffee machine was upstairs. I wanted that. And then there was the coffee grinder in the basement. I wanted that. Those were two things I was going to bid on. And then they had these security cameras. And they were these little, like, new ones. For sale or watching sale. the equipment? No, no, I thought sale. you were about to be like, I was going to rob it. But I was going to rob it. But then there were, no. Two small security I didn't cameras. steal anything. But what happened was, was that... Uh, the the basement was uh, the kitchen area was hot as shit and there were just people packed in there and so I got the I bid on and won the the coffee grinder and then they were doing all the rest of the kitchen stuff and I was like I have no interest in any of this I'm going back upstairs but I needed to wait for them to do the security cameras because I wanted to bid on those hmm. and this old guy who worked for them walks up to me and he very quietly goes hey come here. And he go and I walk outside with him, and he goes, "You want to suck my dick?" Goes, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, can, the, I say no. Go back inside. We get to inside. the cameras. <laughs> we get to the cameras, and then Pick he's like, "Real quick, no." But he goes outside, and he goes, and he goes, "What are you waiting on?" And I was like, "Oh well, I still wanted to bid on the cameras." I like this guy. There. 
And I had I had looked up the cameras, mm-hmm. and they were worth like the three of them were worth like one hundred and fifty dollars altogether or each altogether. Okay. And I I go outside, and the guy looks at me, and he goes, "What are you What are you waiting to bid on?" And I go, "The security cameras that are in there." And he goes, uh, "How much do you want to get for them?" And I was like. And I don't think he heard me right, but I was like, if I can get him for like 50 bucks, I'll take him. Yeah. And he goes, and he goes, how about I give them to you for five bucks each? Once he goes, 15 bucks. And then you give me 15 bucks after you, after you buy them. He's like, don't give 15 bucks. Don't give an extra 15 to them. But once you take them out of here, slip me an extra 15 bucks. And I'm like, yeah. I love a handshake deal. Yeah, I will do that. I love a handshake deal. Because you could have fucked this guy over. But it's like, why would I do that? Why would I do we're that? About, we're helping each other out here. And no, no. And I go inside and he talks to the other guy who's doing the thing. And then he walks over to me and he goes, get your stuff and get out of here. And I was like, okay. And I I'd be a little I like, walk well, don't over. get too crime no, no, mob I walk with me. over. I pay the people. He looks at me and he goes, grab your stuff. He's like, he's like, don't give me the money here. Give me it outside. I grab all my stuff, I go outside, I give him the extra 15 bucks, and I leave with all my stuff. And I was like, and it was the most like... Called the cops. It was the most like, this is the shadiest bullshit. That didn't even seem that shady. Well, no, it was shady for him. He was probably like, it's hot as fuck down here. Half these people don't really want to pay. Well, no, because the thing is, is that he wasn't, he was like, worked with the auctioneer people, but Mm -hmm. was not the auctioneer. Like, the auctioneer was not, was downstairs dealing with other people. And he was like, I'm going to make a side deal while my boss isn't around. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. I also just, again, but I made out like a, I made a, I sold those for like $125. I made, I made out great on those. Do I have any stories like that where like, I'm sure I do. I'm coming up blank right now though, but I got another question for you. Uh, the relationship between Hoffa and the daughter or the, the, yep. the, the kind of relationship I thought there. This is, this is what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't know the Hoffa history going in, and well, neither I knew, did I. This is the thing. I knew that Hoffa disappeared. Right. Okay, I, I didn't so I that. knew at some point he was going to disappear, but I didn't know why or how or anything. I told someone going um, into the movie, I was like, yeah, I don't know anything about Hoffa or that situation. And they were like, you don't know the story of Jimmy Hoffa? And I was like, why the fuck would I know about some union dude from yeah. like 50 years ago yeah. who fucking got murdered? Why do I? What? Who gives a shit? My dad never sat me down. I was like, now let me tell you this story about Jimmy Hoffa, who unionized the, the trucking industry. I feel like if, you, if you're going to have that story, your dad needs to go, let me tell you the story of Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. The pipes, the pipes are Hoffa. Oh, boy. But, uh, so I knew at some point he was going to go away. Yeah. Obviously. What I thought was going to happen, which didn't happen, but what I thought was going to happen was I thought that Jimmy Hoffa was going to fuck the daughter. <laughs> well, no, and I <laughs> I know you're laughing at that. No, because I'm sure it passed through my head, too, but, but I was like, that's not what this movie's going to be What I thought, because I didn't know what happened to Jimmy Hoffa, what mm. I thought was going to happen was... That would have made a f- was cooler that story. What I thought was going to happen was was that Robert De Niro's character like came into Hoffa's office or something like that, and he was going to be like making out with and having hands on his daughter... Mm. And then he was going to murder Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. And that was why Jimmy Hoffa disappeared was because he had an affair with this mobster's kid and then got murdered. Groomed her throughout her childhood. Like, and yeah, like groomed her throughout, like so was like super sweet but I mean, in her childhood. Know. But then when she came of age, hey, 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 I'm going to make out with her and do shit. Yeah. I thought that was what was going to happen. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't what happened. But at the same time. 
I definitely thought that was what was going to happen when when they were be, like dancing at the at the yeah. thing and stuff like that. I was like, this guy is gonna fuck that girl, and then De Niro is gonna kill him. It's better to go into these movies cold. Who wants to know the end of the fucking story before you get there? You know? Yeah. Sorry, I just knocked the wire. Um, we gotta we gotta get wrapping up because I gotta get out of here. But uh, yeah, you got a show tonight with who? No, I don't have a show tonight. Oh, I thought you had a show tonight with Dice. No, with Andrew Dice Clay last two weekends. Check out my Instagram. I'm on there. He's he's been um, he's been doing comedy with the Dice. You want, you want to hear something great? Someone yes. uh, someone texted me and they go, Dice just tagged you on Instagram as Kevin Rooney. <laughs> and and I've I've opened for Dice now. This is probably like my eighth time opening for Dice, yeah. and he genuinely does kind of know me. <laughs> I say kind of because <laughs> apparently Kevin Rooney. But I go on Instagram to check it out, and he has already fixed it Ooh, to Dennis Rooney Seven, nice. my Instagram handle. And I laughed at that. And shout out to Eleanor Kerrigan because I bet you it was her who was like, "You fucking dummy! His <laughs> name's Dennis. His kid's open for you." You know. <laughs> So shout out to Dice and Eleanor though for being uh, good people. We had a we lot asked of fun him if we wanted to be on the podcast. Hard no. <laughs> I didn't even ask. I felt out, and I was like, mm, no. Um, but yeah, I, this is. I'm excited to see what Scorsese does next. I hear he's going to do a superhero movie. That's a reference to him slamming the Marvel films and then putting out a three and a half hour boomer movie. All right, maybe it's not a boomer movie. I'm sorry, people, but it is. You know, no, no, no. It's a hundred percent a boomer movie. You know what's fascinating? It's a movie about boomers. I have a friend who, uh, she does, uh, I think, like, I'm such a fucking idiot. It's a wardrobe. She does wardrobe for shows and stuff. Yeah. So she's around Teamsters a lot. And this uh -huh. is like, I wouldn't call her a hipster, but let's just say she has pink hair and she goes to, like, Comic-Con. Okay? Said enough. Um, okay. She said that she loved what she saw. She only saw, like, the first hour and a half. She said she loved it. And every Teamster she talked to was, like, didn't care for it. And I was like, it's instantly the most controversial film of the century for that reason. Where like, fucking union people are like, Ugh, I don't know, I didn't even really care for it. Well, I was going to comment on that, that it makes unions seem like the most corrupt yeah. thing on the planet. Yeah. And I don't know. And sometimes they are. <laughs> and sometimes they are. There was are. an old Simpsons joke where it was like, they're going to unionize because they need it, but then they'll get too much power and they'll abuse it. Like, he's <laughs> being dragged out of the room, like, telling how, you know. Yeah, absolute power uh, corrupts absolutely. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. I think that, uh, I think the most interesting thing is, uh, the most interesting, like, technical filmmaking thing that I felt about this was it was very interesting to see a filmmaker like Martin Scorsese embrace, who is such like a film purist and so encyclopedically knowledgeable of everything, uh, embrace the kind of technology to de-age people. Interesting, yeah. I thought that was a really cool thing, and I thought that it was a very interesting moment of like, this guy... He made the same kind of movie he's always ever made. He just had the opportunity better to... Better tools. He had better tools. Yeah. And, and he's he used to work exactly that. He worked... He, he's evolving. He evolved in that way of that it's like, I'm going to use the tools that I have presently available to me, and I'm going to do the kind of movie I do with those tools, and I'm not going to exploit them or do anything crazy or weird. And I feel like so often filmmakers lose sight of that. Right. And I lost sight of that when I was, I remember when I, when I first started film school, it's the reason why I do the type of work I do today, 